it's good to be with you guys. What a beautiful song. And uh, just to know that God is here with us. And uh, we, we, it's good to be reminded that he's with us all the time because we don't always feel it. But uh, songs like that can help us to, to sense it in a, in a greater way. And uh, I don't think I got my uh, clicker today. Um, but uh, today we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God and how it comes through Jesus' ministry when he gets to Capernaum in the synagogue. There's kind of a little picture in the background there. Um, as we get started, I just wanted a couple things that are happening here. I know that some of our singles are in Orange County today. They're having an all-LA uh, single service there. So I know Monica and Manny and uh, Johnny are, are over there. So be praying for them. I'm sure they had a great time. And then next week, we're going to be, we're not going to be here, so a new time and place. We're going to be in Riverside at 10 o'clock uh, at the La Sierra University Church. We're going to have lunch afterwards, uh, tacos and, and fellowship. And kind of my encouragement is that we all make a day of it. Go down there. People, some people might not like to drive that far, so maybe they can kind of carpool and really see if we can get all of ourselves down there. Uh, next week, and then in two weeks, uh, I know the Tazais are excited, but the Super Bowl is in two weeks. Uh, so we're going to have, as is our custom, uh, Super Bowl services, probably starting about one o'clock, one thirty or so in homes, and then uh, have a little party and time to really fellowship and hang out afterwards. Um, so just wanted to kind of put those two on your radar, and even as we change our routine to continue to. Uh, be present to continue to give your contribution. I know we're, we're trying to be more consistent there, but sometimes those can throw us off. And uh, we're excited to uh, just have more fellowship. We're really looking forward to that this year, more times together, times to connect with God, times to connect with each other. And we're, that's going to come up more uh, today. So let's say a prayer, and then we'll get into Mark chapter 1. Uh, Father, we're just grateful to be together. Thank you that you... Uh, Live with us, that you abide with us, God, that you also uh, tell us to remain in you and abide in you, that we share this relationship with you, uh, God, that we don't just serve you as servants, but we serve you as friends, we serve you as sons and daughters, and I pray that you be with our time today, that you can open up our hearts, and that we can see you, and we can see Jesus, we can see ourselves uh, before you in a greater way, God. We love you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Mark 1, I'll start reading in verse 21. Then they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught to them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching. And with authority, 
He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. And this is Jesus the week after, I believe last week, you talked about him calling his disciples and going by the Sea of Galilee and them leaving everything and following him on this adventure to get to know him, to learn from him and to be transformed. And so they go back into their hometown and this is their first... Let's get back to where I'm supposed to be here. Okay, here we go. So they go back to their hometown and it's their first time in the synagogue. I bet they were excited. That, wow, we're going to, wasn't church, but we'll call it church. We're going to church with Jesus. We're not just going to church with Jesus. We're going to church as his disciples, as his students, as his followers. That this is like the kickoff of our training. What a day. Can you imagine what it was like to have this happen? A demon-possessed person screaming out in church and Jesus yelling back at him and, and them just wondering, like, what did I get myself into? What's happening? This isn't just the church time. This is something a lot bigger. And I think that's what Jesus had planned that they were starting this life together with Christ that was a lot bigger than they ever imagined. You ever feel that way? And you're like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I want to go. I want to learn from him. And then at times you're like, wow, this is a lot more than I thought. This is a lot bigger than I thought. This is a lot better than I thought even, too. Jesus shows his power. And we're going to get to that in a minute here. But he goes into their synagogue and disrupts it. You know, he didn't go in to make all the leaders of the synagogue feel real comfortable that day. Who is this person taking over our church? What's happening? It talks about Jesus teaching about five times in this passage, and yet it doesn't say what it was that he taught. Because this letter Mark was writing to Christians that already knew what he taught. They already knew what this new teaching was. They knew about the Beatitudes, and they knew about loving your enemy, and they knew about God raising up the humble, and... They knew about the people that Jesus ate with that weren't the normal religious rich people. They were anyone. They knew about this teaching, and many of us were familiar with the teaching. You know, we just need to remind ourselves of what it was and to to bring it all back. Something that comes up a lot in this passage is his authority. It says that he taught as one who had authority. Now, this isn't man's authority. This isn't a a, a human authority. And a lot of us, when you say the word authority, it's like the A word at church, right? That's not a word that we kind of go, oh, I don't know about that. Because we've all experienced what man's authority is. We've experienced that outside the church. Sometimes we've even experienced that inside the church. 
But Jesus is revealing a whole different level of authority. That he's got authority over evil. He's got authority over spirits. Come to find out, he's got authority over everything. Everything submits to Jesus. That wasn't something that they were used to. That probably wasn't something that made them feel real uncomfortable because if someone has authority, then what does that mean? And he's also got authority over me. And he's also above me. Even though he loves me, he's greater than me. And that was what people took away. Here's the guy that comes up to Jesus and he calls him by his earthly name and his heavenly name. Jesus of Nazareth. The local guy. But Jesus, the Holy One of God. No person says who Jesus is throughout this entire book until the end. But the spirits knew. And his audience that was reading it knew this guy is different. It says that someone in their temple, someone in their community had this evil spirit. Now you might be thinking... This is where it starts to get a little uncomfortable for me. I don't know what it looks like to have an evil spirit. You know, we've all probably experienced that as we've walked around outside and you see someone that's talking to themselves. or You've seen someone that's even cursing to themselves. And when I see someone like that, that's not something that I really want to get involved with. Right? I mean, that's kind of scary. You just think, wow, there's, there's a lot going on. There's mental illness. There's, it's dangerous. You know, I had one experience as a younger person when I was in my 20s. I was trying to help someone like that. And I kind of made the mistake. I kind of ran up to him and I kind of got in their way. And he punched me in the face. And just kept going. And I realized, man, that's, that's not something I ever want to do again. <laughs> that's not a good idea. Whatever I was thinking, I was trying to help. I'm sure that was pretty scary for people that were there. Have you come to destroy us? In whatever kind of scary voice that those demons had. But maybe the impure spirit... This guy wasn't just outside. I mean, he was normal enough or she was normal enough to be among them. It wasn't like they were maybe that off. You know, we can have evil spirits too that can be fueled by resentment and anger and jealousy and guilt, shame. That can make, those things can make us do crazy things where we react and we respond and we gossip and we do things that are possessed in a way, that are impure. It doesn't take long to think about people that we have resentments towards, does it? I can think of a few. And that's right there. And you think of the people, even in the Bible, of Saul and David, they were... Divided, why? Because they were jealous. There was jealousy. 
David killed Goliath when that was supposed to be Saul's job. And everyone was celebrating this great victory, and there was one little word that messed it all up. And they said, David has killed tens of thousands. And Saul has killed thousands. And so this one, that one word, tens of, is what caused this riff between David and King Saul, where he tried to kill him over and over. And he would be friends, and then he would get caught in that moment of jealousy. And you you think about Cain and Abel, the first Adam and Eve's sons. Why did one kill the other? Because one of them pleased God, and the other one didn't. God just said, hey, Abel, I'm grateful for your offering. He didn't say that Cain's was bad. He just didn't say it was good. And that became the thing that led to him killing his brother. You know, we get in arguments sometimes with people and close people, and they get to be so big, and maybe they started over just a little jealousy, just a little more attention from dad, or just a little more a promotion that you wanted to get or whatever. Let's get those things out, those impure spirits. Here they're trying to intimidate Jesus, taunting Jesus. You're the Holy One of God. It reminds me of this passage that many of us are familiar with. Oh, not this. This one's not one you're familiar with. But this is one that struck me this week from the readings said, on that day, a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. On that day, I will banish the names of the idols from the land, and they will be remembered no more, declares the Lord Almighty. I will remove both the prophets and the spirit of impurity from the land. And here is Jesus doing just that, removing this impure spirit and confronting the prophets of the land, the teachers of the law, that there was this power that he had. And this is the one that many of us will look at that in a minute. What we're, I've got my slides out of order here. So Jesus commands this spirit to get out of them. Not by someone else's authority, but by his own. That he brings freedom and he is involved in intense spiritual confrontation. Remember, this is their first time at church with Jesus. And it's, it's on. Luke documents his time when he starts in Galilee and the same thing happens. It wasn't like he ramped up. It just started from the beginning. Jesus announcing that his kingdom is here. His power is here. And the fight was on. Here's the one that we're more familiar with. And a lot of times we talk about this verse in Hebrews 4 in a personal sense. But think about it in the bigger sense. It says the word of God is... Alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, 
joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And it talks about the double-edged sword as the most powerful weapon at the time. And Jesus is displaying his power in this incident. And that spirit is giving an account to him. That he's getting kicked out of this person. So the question I was thinking about in reading all this is what do we do with all this? How does this relate to us in our lives? Maybe we need to be, I know I needed to be more aware of the spiritual battle that's around us. I don't tend to walk around thinking that this is like a spiritual battle all the time. I just kind of like cruise around. I don't even really think about the spiritual battle most of the time unless there's a big conflict or something crazy going on. And yet Jesus was aware. And so even being more aware of the spiritual battle that's happening that Jesus was involved in. It's not a weird thing because it was something that Jesus talked about. It's something that we don't like to, I don't like to think about that too much. How about you? But not in a way that we're afraid. Right? Because if you start thinking about the spiritual battle too much, then what happens? You're going, oh man, that's not good. <laughs> I like am walking around in like a horror movie all the time and there's bad things all around. But maybe the c- confidence that that power of Christ is with you. That whatever situation that we're in with Christ, that He's overcome the spirits of the world. That the spirit in us is greater than the spirit in the world. That we don't have to be afraid, not because of us, but because of Christ. Because every knee will bow before him. And so we can be aware of the spiritual battle without being overcome by the spiritual battle because we have Jesus with us. And we have the word of God with us. And we have the spirit of God with us. And I don't often walk around feeling that way either. Like, man, I got God is with us. Not in a way where we're better because we're not. We've done, I've done that before. Like, God is with me. I'm better than everyone. No. God is with me and I'm grateful. That he has given life to this lifeless body. To this, he's given that power to each of us. And we can be aware of the spirits and we can be confident in Christ. One of the classes that I was listening to yesterday, Steve Kennard, he said he memorized all these scriptures about Jesus. And just thought about them during the day and he had free time. He would just... Take a minute to repeat a scripture about Jesus. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Or that every knee will bow before him. Or I am gentle and humble in heart. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Imagine what it would do for our confidence if we took a minute to 
reflect on a scripture about Jesus. Just 60 seconds during our day. The people were amazed because of this power and new teaching, and they found hope. They went to spread the word because they saw this freedom. They saw this life. They got hope. God's kingdom is here. Satan and evil, watch out. Jesus has come. God's kingdom has come. Watch out. And it made me think of the spiritual battle that many of us are familiar with. In Ephesians 6, it talks about maybe what Jesus was confronting. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. That's not a new scripture for most of us. For some of us, maybe. But it's good to be reminded of what's happening, that it's not about us, that this is a spiritual battle, and that we need to put on our armor and truth and righteousness and our helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Again, these are all things that we know. That's nothing new. But it's not maybe something that we've been actively pursuing. You know, this week, um, this was, I listened to this seminar out here in this desolate, beautiful place by my house. But I was reminded, and I want you to think about, where do you connect with God? See, that the, Jesus' presence was with them, and they, they, they saw that power, they, they felt it. You know, where do you connect? Some people, they connect when they read the Bible. How many people connect when you read the Bible? Some people connect when they pray. Some people connect in fellowship. Just being around spiritual people and all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, God is amazing. And some people connect 
with one of those things, maybe in nature, and that's me. And I recognize that this week I had to get my oil changed and I found this place to go hiking while it was done for two hours. I went off on the trails, came back. And as I was out there, it was just this experience of like, wow, it is good to be here. I didn't even know that I needed this. Although I know that that's what I need to do to be close to God, but I wasn't aware of it at the time. And so you, that's my hope, is that you know what you need to connect with God. Amen. And now the inspiration and challenge is to go do it. So I had that day, I think that was uh, Wednesday. So Thursday, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we got to go to this place. So we all, we went again. We went out there, we prayed on the hill. Saturday came. I had something cancel, and I knew this conference was happening, and I was like, guess where I'm going? I'm going again. And that was kind of rare to have that happen all three times in one week, but it was a good reminder that I need to do that, that I need to put on my armor, that I need to go where I'm closest to God, whatever I need to do to do that. There's no reason I can't do that every week. There's no reason I can't get home. You can't get home from work and take a 15-minute walk with the dog out into the field. There's no reason. Before you go to bed, you can't go out outside and look at the stars and just be amazed. Listen to a few songs on your worship tunes or whatever it is for you. But as I was out there, I was reminded this is what we all need. Not just now, not just today, but as a church, we need this connection with God. Without that, we're nothing. With that, we have that, we reconnect with that power. We need to connect with each other, not just that church. Not just that church. If this is the only time we see each other, then we're missing out on a lot of power, on, on God, on fellowship, on, that, on the, the power of the Spirit. That's what we've all missed in these last few years, connection. Not just in everybody. To be able to connect. You know, I want to, I know Gonzalo is going to come up here and share his story in just a minute for communion, which I'm really looking forward to. But I wanted to give you just a couple of resources here. You can take a picture of this. That seminar that I was a part of on that the way ministries.global is by Robert Carrillo. And they have the, one of the lessons up right now. And each week they're going to put a new one up. The, yesterday was uh, Steve Kennard uh, talking about Jesus. So my encouragement, and maybe this isn't what you need, but for some of you, I would just encourage you to take an hour out of your day and go someplace special and listen to it. And just be in the presence of Jesus. That will be the best hour of your week, I guarantee it. You know, I'm excited that there's three more coming up on the February, March, April. And if I can, at 
you know, uh, and if it's up to me, I want to be out somewhere having a little retreat listening to those messages because that's what I need. And I believe that God, uh, I was pleasantly encouraged. You know how many seminars I've been to? You know how many lessons I've heard? How many? But this was one of those things that you're like, man, this is right on. At least for me. And I think it might be for all of us. You know, I know Amory and uh, Tony and some of the guys are starting up a men's Zoom group. You know, on Sunday morning, just to connect, just to read the scriptures. They call it treasure mining or something, where they're just digging for gold in the scriptures. Like so many of us have done. But maybe it's time to do it again. Maybe it's time to dig for gold in the scriptures again. I know Chevy and Vivian are starting up that Making Marriage Simple class. Just a time to connect with God, to connect with your spouse, to connect with other couples, to make friends, to deepen friendships, to pray for one another. That's all, all the things we need. Now, you can't do maybe all of them, but pick one. I know this, this coming Saturday, I want to do a hiking and prayer fellowship at the LQ Cove at 8 o'clock if any of you want to come. Bring a coffee, bring a drink, whatever. We're just going to walk, talk, pray, and just see what God does. We're just going to connect. Connect with God, connect with each other, men, women, whoever wants to come. So this week, I pray that you take that to heart. That you take church outside of church. Maybe it's just a phone call for you. Maybe it's a FaceTime. Maybe it's sending a text. Just letting someone else know that, hey, I know you're there. I'm praying for you. I love you. And I believe that we will walk with that same power that Jesus displayed on this day. So thank you guys.